Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 124, uh, and I am here with Frog as always, and I am very happy to announce that Frog is the proud new owner of a Switch. So Switch coverage will now have the added benefit of the both of us being able to have, you know, a little bit more insight onto it. Uh, So there's that. But that is not the topic of today's episode, although I would love to talk uh, for an hour about Frog's new Switch. But what we are talking about today is a game that is uh, not out yet. It has not even gotten a release date. It has not even been formally announced other than uh, as, as part of um, uh, kind of like a vague promise uh, in, back in 2011. But uh, we're talking about Halo 6. And it might seem like a weird time to bring up Halo 6, but... I think that uh, once you dig beneath the surface a little bit, it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Halo 5 came out in 2015, and like I said, that there's there's no known release window or, or really any information at all, uh, other than the fact that we were promised a Halo trilogy starting with 4 back in 2011. So there is going to be a sixth Halo uh, as of today. Um and it, I think that there's a, there, there's, there's a lot you can talk about when you're talking about the, the state of Halo in 2017. And I think that that's kind of what this conversation is going to end up being a lot about anyway. Uh, because the main focus of this conversation is going to be when Halo 6 does come out, what is it going to have to do to compete? Because... The first-person shooter market it looks drastically different than it did 24 months ago when yes, Halo 5 came out. And it's likely going to look even more different at whatever future date uh, they decide to you know, aim for some type of a release for this game. So we obviously have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, we've been playing Halo Forever, I used to I used to say you know back in back in college I used to say uh, I've been playing Halo since Halo, and it's the truth. It's the truth. I I um you know I cut my teeth on on Twin Stick with the first Halo. I got uh I got my my ego uh completely smashed down into a into a pulp uh, in Halo Two. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I was there. I've been there since the beginning, and so I'm going to be paying very close attention to Halo Six. But with the understanding that Microsoft and Three Four Three Studios need to be doing a lot to make Halo Six even make sense at this point in time. So very well stated. Yeah. So let's let's kick it off. Um, with, uh, with, I, I don't know, I, I guess, I guess well, some, here, let me, let me give you a suggestion. Yeah. We should to talk about Halo six. Why don't we talk about Halo five a little bit? Yeah. Let's so, talk about Halo five. So Halo five. Now I haven't played it, but you have. Yes. So actually what I not want to know, we probably should have looked this up earlier is how did Halo five ultimately do? Uh, Halo five was uh, reviewed critically well. Uh, Halo, Halo five had great reviews. I I think the Halo community, uh, is in, you know, more or less in agreement that Halo five is the, uh, tightest, most fleshed out, uh, best, uh, multiplayer experience of any Halo game. Um, it was, you know, maybe not, maybe not the high watermark for the series. Uh, a lot of people had problems with the, uh, with the story, that the story was bullshit, but I thought the story was bullshit back in, you know, 2001. So I'm not really in here for the story so much as I am for an incredibly tight, uh, like kind of best case scenario, first person shooter on console. And that's, that's really what Halo five delivered as far as I'm concerned. And, and as far as what a lot of the Halo community, uh, you know, felt as well. Um, as far as sales, I couldn't, I couldn't put a number on it. I did not look it up. Sales, just taking a quick look. I mean, the best I got so far is Reddit and VG charts, neither of which is a particularly amazing source, mm-hmm. but seems to be roughly four million. Okay. Uh, now compared to itself, because the Reddit post has a compared a comparison to itself, that would put it as 
the lowest of the whole series. Okay. Uh, Halo 4, 9 million. Halo Reach, 9 million. Halo 3 ODST, 6 million. And that was a spinoff. Halo 3 proper, 12 million. Halo 2, 8 million. And even Halo CE, 6 million. Okay. So, and that would seem to jive with the fact that Xbox One didn't exactly set the world on fire either, right? Right. Uh, sidebar, I got a chuckle because you reminded me of our classic uh, phrase that we used to say in school. You know, I played that shit for the story, man. <laughs> Wish for those of you who didn't get the joke, that was us making fun of people who had played, you know, all these horrible fan service you know, Steam-type games, uh, you know, which are thinly-veiled porn delivery mechanisms. I play that shit for the story, man. Porn delivery mechanisms, yeah. That's pretty much what they were. That's great. That's the most charitable description. But anyway... So yeah, Halo 5, which is pretty much what I suspected, the sales were very soft. Mm -hmm. Even though, as you said, um, I'd imagine some people are going to take issue with you calling it the tightest multiplayer experience of the whole series, simply because, as you know, any series as long and storied as Halo has uh, the nostalgia whores who are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, Halo 2 is the best one. Well, listen, there... Here's I can I can go up and down telling you why Halo 2 is not the best one in terms of a multiplayer experience and I think that there is among if if you've played every Halo you know that Halo 2 is not the best uh multiplayer experience. It might have been the craziest for the time, but everybody even you know even I think most people would say it's either 3 or 5. And Depending on, you know, which one you spent a lot of time with, you know, what, what your kind of like what your personal matchups are, it's mm-hmm. it, it realistically it is three or five. And I'm saying it's five. Um, but everybody knows it's not Halo one because there was no online. Everybody knows it wasn't Halo four because everybody hated Halo four. Um, yep. Halo two's online was uh, plagued by, you know, uh, there were there were a lot of um issues with people hacking you know there was that trick where people would like if they were host they would switch off their router and like turn it back on and i forgot what that was called but like you know you would just everybody would essentially be frozen in the game and except for the host who was who would be able to like run around and kill everybody while they were frozen there was a name for it and i forgot what it was but there were there were issues like that people were able to you know uh essentially mod the game illegally um, because the because Xbox Live service was uh, it, it was new and and I didn't think that there was a lot of QA and you know once they jumped over to the 360 a lot of that stuff was alleviated. So some I would actually venture to say if you saw how bad Halo Two was, you would say that it was a a profoundly cleaner experience. Ugh, which is which is which is disheartening because uh, our good friend Big Zeke. Not terribly long ago, maybe I want to say two months ago, we decided to have a little throwback day, and we went out. Oh, decided he came over and we played some Halo uh, Three, not Three Reach online, mm-hmm. and it was just all the disconnects and the lag and problems left and right. We're like, oh god, how do we ever deal with this? Mm. So this real quick soapbox, peer to peer networking in multiplayer shooters. Uh, if it's not dead entirely, it needs to be dead, buried, and stake driven through the heart as soon as fucking possible. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch, you don't, we don't even think about things like this because games like Overwatch run on dedicated service from jump. Yep. Did Halo 5 run on dedicated service? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, multiplayer... Well, while you find that, if yeah. it didn't, Halo 6 absolutely needs to. I think that's a big part of requirements for relevancy in this modern environment. Especially Ye- if you're going to talk about you want to reclaim an esports presence. Yes, Halo 5 had dedicated servers. Okay, awesome. So, yeah. Glad to see they wisened up there. Mm-hmm. Because it really, like the prior games, it was really outrageous. And after playing, again... 
the likes of the competition, uh, most notably the elephant in the room, Overwatch, there's not going to be any going back to, you know, the foolishness of Xbox Live 1 and 2.0, you know? Yes. So, okay, so we know what what their, what the situation is, right? Mm-hmm. Halo is definitely at the weakest point ever as a franchise. Yes. Uh, all but ejected, frankly, from the conversation. Mm-hmm. But the reason we're having this discussion in the first place is because we believe that the series still has life and potential in it. So the question before us today is how does Halo reassert itself in the multiplayer space? So why don't you start off? What, what, what's your initial thought? How uh, does it reassert itself? Oh my God. In- let me, let me get out the, let me, uh, let me pull up the scroll here that I have <laughs> from the, from the King. I've got like a, I feel like I'm, I'm like walking across the drawbridge and there's people with trumpets and I've got like this, edi- <laughs> I got like this edict and I'm like unrolling it. Yeah. Um, there, there's really a lot. And, and the thing is, is like, this doesn't simply apply to Halo. It really applies to every shooter that wants to come out from, you know, basically January, 2016 onward. And the, but the, the problem with Halo is that it has this additional, um, obstacle and and that obstacle is to um reestablish relevancy and a newer ip wouldn't have this problem but the the problem that this is the one thing that i don't necessarily have the solution for i know how you can take a game like halo and make it fit in with other shooters of you know of of today's day and age i don't know how you can, because I'm sure that there are these people out there. But I don't know how you can say Halo Six and you know take all those eye rolls and turn that turn them into you know like a curious head tilt, if you know what I mean. Right. Right. I think that there are a lot of people who are going to hear Halo and say, "Halo, man, what is it like 2008? No, I don't want that." Um, but if they come out with a good product, like you know, th- I, I don't know how to I don't know how to you know a- a- alleviate this. What I would assume would be this broad, you know, uh, immediate kind of like dismissal of a new Halo game, even though everybody knows Halo Six is coming. I would say, so the good thing about shooters is that, unlike a game like Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidebar, we may want to have this conversation about FF in the near future. But uh, the good thing about shooters is that unlike the likes of old RPGs or whatever, there's a lot less baggage that comes along with it. Uh, As long as a broad look and feel is maintained, they can really get away with quite a lot. Especially because the reality is most of the Halo audience has fled, right? Mm-hmm. They fled to the greener pastures of PUBG and Overwatch. Mm-hmm. So all that needs to be done is to create reinvent itself in a way that's fresh and interesting while at the same time uh, maintaining at least some of what people have historically liked about the franchise. So that is the real question. Well, here's my here's my uh, here's the other, you know, kind of pitfall I see happening is, you know, you're going to, you're going to say, you know, the greener pastures of, you know, Overwatch and, and maybe PUBG, but I would say that these, there's not like two sides of this fence, right? I think that the people who left Halo ended up in lots of different places and all of these different games, your CSGOs, your Overwatches, your Splatoons, your PUBGs, right? Even your, um, you know, even even some of them might have like branched out into other spaces. Like, um, you know, I'm sure that there was like, uh, you know, people in doing like um, like mobas, right? Right. I'm sure that there was there's there's a lot of Halo diaspora, right? Right. And I think that <laughs> I I I think that it's going to be tough to find out like. They're going to have to say, okay, we can't, we can't think of where they went, right? 
We right. have to like really, really, really start fresh. And I think that this is where I'm going to start feeling good about the whole, the whole thing. Right. Because three, four, three did halo four and it looked so different than halo three. And a lot of people didn't like it. And then they right. come out with five and it's so different than four. And a lot of people liked it. And I think that three, four, three has proven that they can kind of, they, they've proven that the halo, uh, intellectual property is a lot more malleable than, than, uh, people would want to admit. And a, that the, that the fan base is willing to buy into the malleability, uh, provided that the hype around it is, is good enough. Right. Exactly. Point I'm making. Yep. So I think that, so yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess you're right. The, you know, the shooters, you know, can, especially now kind of go lots of different places. Uh, they don't have to be like, you know, living up to glory days like a Final Fantasy would, right? So, right. so I got a couple of, of, of ideas, right? Um, first off, I think that w- we need to establish that this is likely going to be coming out on both Xbox and PC, correct? Yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, I think we need outside. to. Yeah, we need to. So I actually think that coming out on PC is go- is an extremely extremely important step at this point. Yep. Because here's the thing. So of course Halo Five launched exclusively on Xbox One because they were following the old strategy of we're going to use our biggest gun to get force people to buy the console. The problem is your biggest gun is suddenly went from a you know a laser cannon to a fucking water gun. Mm-hmm. So now you have to rebuild the franchise, especially after Microsoft poured so much money to create an entire studio for it and acquire the rights to the franchise uh, outright, right? Mm-hmm. So they already have, which is, I think, part of the reason Play Anywhere as a program exists, period, because they have all these franchises that they paid so much money to develop and care for, and to have them languish on a console that is soft is even worse investment. So I think it's a foregone conclusion if Microsoft has any intending, any intention, excuse me, of recouping their investment, it's a foregone conclusion that this is an Xbox and PC game. Uh, and that's a very, very big selling point. Oh yeah, uh, huge. I think this is this would probably be the biggest selling point for the Play Anywhere program by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right, uh, I mean, right now, like, the only, the only game that's coming out for Play Anywhere that I'm you know, even a little bit excited for is Cuphead. Right. And that's like an indie game. Right. Right? Right. I mean, there's also going to be Sea of Thieves, which looks interesting, but could could definitely go down a bad path. Yeah, we'll and, and, is, and is a long way away. And is a long way away. True. Uh, there's also Gears 4, but Gears 4 is actually has a lot of the same issues that uh, the Halo franchise has now. Gears 4 is more or less decent. It was decently received as a multiplayer game, but uh, has not set the world on fire because its glory days are seen as having been behind it. Right? Okay, so let me ask you this: you played you played Gears 4, right? Yep. Okay. What was was? Do you think Gears 4 was too similar to Gears 2 and 3? Yes, for the for the moments that we're in, yes. Okay. Gears Four is essentially really po- really really polished. Gears Two and Three. Okay. So this is back to Halo Six, right? Yep. All of this being said, likely going to come out on PC, right? Yep. Um, is understood that three four three has the capacity and is probably being pushed very hard by Microsoft to. Do to to be as um, you know innovative as possible with the IP, right? Right. Um, you know, at least in terms of the uh, how the multiplayer works. Yep. Um, there's a lot of excellent mechanics in the Halo universe, right? They don't have to tweak much. Uh, their their guns feel amazing. Movement feels great. Um, if if they honestly kept a lot of the mechanics as they were. In five, I think I'd, I'd be more or less okay with that. Uh, but what we need to see really is the motivations of the player, 
the motivations of the team, game types, um, progression systems, yeah. right? Um, customizability, which Halo has actually gotten pretty good at. And, and even, even at the Halo 5 stage, there was like a ridiculous amount of, uh, you know, chest pieces and, and arm pieces and helmets that you could use and a whole bunch of different emblems and colors and stuff like that. But again, nobody's going to complain about too much customization. And speaking of customization, uh, the one thing that was a, like a really universal success from Halo was Forge Mode. Right? Yes. So this is another another big thing. I was wondering when we were going to need to come to this, but we should probably come to it now because the reality is that Forge Mode is the feather in the cap of the Halo franchise. Yes. Uh, Forge Mode is probably the series' best chance to get back to relevancy because there's some things I'm going to suggest after you you know, uh, give out what you're talking about. But ultimately, anything that it could do to get back would be seen immediately as a Me Too, mm-hmm. uh, which has its ups and downs, right? Uh, but the Forge mode, we're in the Twitch era, right? We're in the era of social media. Uh, and particularly, if Forge mode is a, a robust experience on PC, there is a tremendous opportunity for Microsoft and 343 to put together something that could really capture people's imaginations and have them, you know, buzzing about it online forever. Right. Um, I think that this is, that there is so much untapped potential in, in Forge mode. And I think that if 343 capitalizes on much as much as possible, that like there, there could be so much they can do, right? So we've already seen you know, popular Forge mode maps get made into official maps by the developer, right? Yep. We've already seen this. Um, we've already seen, you know, Griffball, which was a community-based uh, mod, essentially, right? Yep. Um, yep. Implemented officially. And I think that at one point they even made Griffball ranked. They They... Oh really? I think yeah. I think at one. I think like towards the the later end of whatever game Griffball came came up, and I think it might have been three. They, um, or maybe it was Reach, but they they added a ranked mode for games, for for Griff mode, for Griffball, and I think what they can do here is kind of run with that because I mean all you have to do is look at the success of Super Mario Maker, right? That's exactly and, what I was thinking of. And, you know, uh, you know, all of the cool things that people are doing when given this, uh, you know, when given this free reign over, over the, you know, uh, over the space in which the, the multiplayer maps, uh, you know, occupy, in which the multiplayer games occupy. And the amount of creativity is just unbelievable. So I'm saying one of the things that they could do is obviously – forge mode, right? If they yep. were to implement, you know, maybe like maybe even something like a like a Splatfest, right? Where they get some of the more popular fan-made forge maps, uh have people just like vote on which ones they liked the best and then play on just those two maps for like a weekend and whichever one is be- gets added, um that could be a really cool thing. I like that too. You know, you could do something like that. You could, um, you know, kind of, kind of do a better job at showcasing Forge Mode. I think, I think Forge Mode was kind of like, for a while, sort of hidden in the menus. Um, it was easy to get to, but if you were actually going to search through all of the stuff that people were were making, it wasn't as easy as say a Super Mario Maker, where you just kind of like go to forge mode and boom, all the levels are there and all the ones that are voted the highest are, are there. It, it was easy once you knew where to look, but it wasn't as married to the main menu as it, as it needs to be in halo six. I think, should they go that route? I think that you're right. They need to have it be a major focus and selling points and, mm-hmm. and marquee part of the experience, which means that they have to do the work to make forge mode just like Nintendo had to do the work to make Mario Maker 
like make the process of creating as interesting as the process of playing. Yes. Because there's always when you have these when you always have, whenever you have these user generated content games, there's always going to be infinitely more players than creators. So the developer the development team always has to do as much as they possibly can to make the, the creation process easy. And I think they understand that because that's why even though Halo 5 never got released on PC, the Forge kit did. Mm-hmm. I would go as far as to say is that regardless of when Halo 6 comes out, I think they should release the Forge kit uh, as a separate app for free and tell people, hey, come in here and just make shit. You know, and you can even earn stuff for the game, even if you don't have the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to encourage as many people as possible to be creative. Uh, and going further down the line of, of Forge being a feather in a cap, the game that comes to mind right now is Fortnite. So for those people that don't know about Fortnite, Fortnite's in early access right now. Uh, Uncle Paws and I have it. And it's essentially, let's see, in fact, I'll get the, I'll get the meme. Uh, because there's a meme that I think sums it up pretty well. Uh, Orcs Must Die plus Minecraft plus Diablo plus Borderlands. Now, the meme was expectation was all of that together equals Fortnite, and reality, it was slot machine. Okay. I'm not going to argue about that. Yep. But the, the point being that Fortnite's a game where you literally go out into the world, uh, harvest resources, build a base, and then defend said base from waves of enemies which then brings me to my point uh which is that there's an amazing opportunity for them to have a mode where forge can be the basically that like a mini fortnite uh you can combine forge with firefight i see i didn't even think of that that's a that's an excellent idea if they made building part of playing and not this separate thing that you had to do because I'll be honest with you, no matter how impressive, you know, uh, forge mode is, I'm not a creator necessarily. Uh, so I'm not really going to do much more in it than go see what is, what tools are available for the people who are far more talented at it than I am. Um, but if it's built into a, a firefight, a firefight mode, now that's, now you're onto something. That's what I'm saying. Like... So that combines two things that I think would be crucial for this game, which is, A, uh, the user-generated content side, which can catch fire virally, mm-hmm. uh, and B, PvE. Like, the more I play online games, the more I'm like, God, every game, every multiplayer shooter should be mandated to have PvE in it. So, how about this, right? Yep. Um, and for the, the record, I loved Firefight from the moment they introduced it. PV, I should say, the PVE mode that was in Halo 5 was a lot of fun. It really was. Right? Was it, um, was it the, what should we call it, the War Games thing? I, I, no, no, that was, that was PVP, but it was like, it was like Operations, that, that, that mode that they have in... Um, battlefield where it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like conquest mode, but it's, you only focus on like specific points at a time. Um, and it's longer. Um, I, I, I didn't particularly like that, but the PVE, uh, mode, I gotta, I can't, I can't think of what it was called was, um, was a lot of fun. Hold on a second. Halo... PVE mode? PVE. It was... I think it was just called Firefight. Or Warzone. That might have been what I was thinking of. Okay. Because I remember they made a lot of noise about having this new, big new mode in in Halo 5. I, it, that, was, that was supposed to be at least partially PVE. It was like Warzone Firefight? Was it both? Oh, Okay, it was both. It was both. That, yeah, because, that's the one I was thinking of. Okay, so it was PvE, but you were essentially trying to get um, points versus the other team by taking down certain objectives. So it was kind of like this weird 
uh, like battlefield type mode, and I liked it a lot. Um, it was it, it felt like it it felt like a like a battle, like you were actually in like a Halo battle against other Spartans, and I think that they could keep that. Um, but if they, but it if looked they, like a lot of fun. But if they wanted to go pure PVE, I would be into that as well. Like if they took out the PvP part of Warzone Firefight and just made it like your team and then you get points and then do that. I think what they could do really is almost do like a reverse Destiny where it's essentially an MMO, but instead of like this persistent world, they make PvE like... I'll put it to I'll, I'll put it to you this way, right? Like like Destiny is like a traditional MMO in that it's this persistent world and you're you're constantly doing PVE and then there's also a PVP mode. But what I'm saying is you do the opposite with Halo 6 where you make it this persistently online PVP world, but there's also PVE. Well, what would what would the PvP world look like? Is that essentially would be like Warzone? Like everything is Warzone? Yeah, kind of, but like on different scales. So you could you would have your you would have your you know um, you know you would have your four four v four team deathmatch, right? Right. You would have your eight player FFA, right? And then you would have a larger scale version of that, which would be like the Warzone firefight. And then you would have like a more pure PVE uh, mode on top of that. And you could keep, you know, maybe like clans or something um, to, to build points on whoever's behalf or whatever. They could come up with something like that. Um, but I think that a push slightly in the direction of PVE wouldn't be a bad thing because I saw how much fun it was in Halo 5. Yeah, I mean... I'm a big fan of PvE because, in general, multiplayer environments in 2017 are beyond cutthroat. Obviously, millions of people are into the cutthroat. Yeah. But I think millions more people would be on board with having something where I was like, all right, I don't have to feel pressure to be constantly on top of the metagame or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I can just get my friends together and we can go shoot aliens in the face. You know? Yes. Uh, which is, for example, why uh, a few of my friends that I came back to Titanfall. Titanfall 2 was, when they released an excellent game. Like, I love it. Like, there's a lot of really cool ideas in Titanfall. Mm-hmm. But as a multiplayer shooter, we didn't really go back to it like that because, of course, Overwatch. So, eventually we fell off because it was like, okay, well, we don't even play this enough to be even relatively competitive in multiplayer, but then they reintroduced, because apparently it was in Titanfall 1, they introduced Frontier Defense, which was the PvE horde mode, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're all over it, because we can play that whenever we want, get the full experience of the game, and don't have to deal with, you know, other people uh, being like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really think a, PV, a, a good PvE mode and, and, and the kind that I'm thinking of is exactly what I described. Forge Firefight, I think, would definitely be a huge buzz. And having a more robust Forge mode in general, and given that we know, as you said, that 343 is very good about um, you know, promoting really great community material up to the top, uh, that is something I think would be super, super crucial. But now let's talk about some of, I guess, the other trends, right? Mm-hmm. So we mentioned the two big dogs of shooters right now. Yes. Which is PUBG, Overwatch. Right. Everybody else is varying degrees of not in, in the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes those games what those games? So Overwatch is a hero shooter, uh, an objective-based hero shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people like, in that game... The super-defined characters, and compelling characters, I should say, uh, that all have very well-defined and interesting abilities, uh, a very interesting world that they inhabit, and I think they've 
people against all odds because, like we said last week, if you had said to me in 2008 that the biggest shooter in the world uh, was going to be an objective-based game, I would have laughed you into the next century. Mm -hmm. But here we are, and people have fallen in love with its brand of objective-based gameplay, right? Yes. Then you have PUBG, which is the gigantic open-world survival game. Now, I'm thinking more influence could be cribbed from Overwatch than PUBG. I feel like if they were going to attempt to do something like a PUBG, that would have to be like an entirely spin-off game. Though it could be very, very cool. Like a more sci-fi take on the PUBG concept, I would be on all over it. Uh, yeah. Though, who knows? There could be That could be something to draw inspiration from, right? The idea of having a big map, maybe not a 100-person map, but maybe, let's say, a 50-person gigantic-ass map, uh, and some other... The, the gameplay will have to be a little different because, obviously, you're dealing with highly empowered super soldiers, not random schmucks sent to kill each other. So they could play with a concept and probably land on something pretty cool there if they want. Uh, but I think the bigger source of inspiration could definitely be Overwatch. Because, for example, I think of Halo Reach. Hey, one of the best parts of Halo Reach was was the cast. You had, not that I can remember them at this point, but you did have four pretty well-defined uh, heroes that you could play from, right? Mm -hmm. In the squad, and they all had, for Halo, right? Slightly different abilities. If they were to double down on something like that, and especially given that they have a campaign mode, uh, to double down on that aspect of it, I think that would be a huge selling point right there. I think it could be more like along the lines of Splatoon than Overwatch. So Overwatch, let's say, you know, McCree has his abilities. Those are locked in stone, as is everybody else's, right? Uh, Splatoon, you're, there's some crazy abilities in Splatoon too, but they're all tied to what weapon you have. So, for the sake of multiplayer, uh, even though you're not going to have heroes that are defined to play as, I think that could be an approach they could take, where you could unlock all these crazy abilities that you can equip. That would give a lot of people more customizability, uh, lends more depth to the gameplay, and keeps things interesting. Um. I agree with some of the stuff you said, but not all. The I'm I am more I am I'm a little wary of there being like something akin to uh like a character or a class in Halo. The only Halo where they really tried that other than Reach was four and everybody hated it. Um specifically because of that. Like they didn't like the the Call of Duty style like loadout right? Where there were different abilities that you got from the get go or whatever, um, right. that you could, even if you could switch it out after you died, right? They made, they tried to make it as painless as possible by, by allowing you as much versatility as you could. And, and people really hated it. I think there could be a lot, uh, that could be said for, you know, the, like the, the PUBG type type thing, these, you know, something a little bit more open, um, something like that. I think that, um, Halo might not have to do a ton of work to convince people now that they need to play objective because we have games that are exclusively objective and they're perfectly popular. But I think Halo for a while was trying to convince people to do this was, you know, they, they were, they were trying to they were coming up with all kinds of, so there was King of the Hill and there was Oddball and there was obviously Capture the Flag and stuff, but they always had all this stuff and people always stuck to, um, team to, to Team Deathmatch and to, and to Slayer and I, and I think, and Swap Mode, which was just Slayer. So I'm trying to figure out if the reason why people stuck with Halo was indicative of the times or indicative of the 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 equity mechanics of Halo. Every Spartan is exactly the same. Uh, a one one Spartan with a BR is exactly the same as an enemy Spartan with a BR, right? Right. 
it's, it's, you know, that was kind of this, like, you know, this, like, meritocratic romanticism of Halo, where, you know, Slayer was the purest it could possibly be in Halo, because there was, there was nothing... Uh, that could really distract from it. It was it was essentially Fox only FD of, right, of, right, right. of shooters, and I don't know if this was just because of the times or or because of that. Um, but I don't know if the thing that made objective based gameplay so palatable in games like Splatoon or Overwatch is because of a, you know, general shift in opinion or due to the fact that, you know, there was such diversity in play style because of what weapon you were using or what character you picked. Um, and I, and I, I want to say that if it's the former, Halo can kind of continue what it's doing, what with arena mode that they had in Halo 5, where it was kind of like a grab bag of everything. You would end up with Slayer, you would end up with Capture the Flag, and the teams would be all, the the maps would be all, you know, small and and symmetrical, so they would go quick, and and it was, uh, and it would just kind of keep going. You would would stay in the lobby, and people would come in and out, and it works kind of the way Splatoon does. Right. Um, But if it's the latter, I don't, know how you can convince the Halo player that ob- objective-based gameplay is important or or that it should take precedence um, because in that case, it's simply unique to games like Overwatch. And I think that there's plenty of room for, you know, a game like Slayer Halo and a game like Overwatch to exist side by side. I mean, we're we're looking at you know CS:GO being essentially like Slayer mode, right? Right. They have like a diffuse mode that they do sometimes, but you know whatever. You're 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 there. You're there to do you know Twitch shooting, right? So I think it all depends on that, and I I don't know how you find that out. Well, I, you're so you're making a chicken and egg argument, right? And yeah. I would, in this case, I would argue the egg game before the chicken. So the two big games that propelled objective-based shooters to the forefront were Splatoon and Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason that they did so is because they were designed to do so. Splatoon is designed that, particularly in Turf War, the act of firing your weapon contributes to the objective. You literally can't... If you're playing the game, you literally cannot help but contribute to the objective. Mm-hmm. Overwatch, it's a... You can... People... You can and people do still kind of play Slayer, but the way the maps are designed funnel you toward the objective, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go anywhere and deal with enemies, you're going to the objective. Uh, so those are like hardcore design constraints that were placed on those franchises. I would say for Halo, they could, again, this is the benefit here is that there's versatility. You can have it all. So they can have a mode which are which is designed from the ground up for objective-based gameplay. And I really don't think at this day and age, you know, being like, oh, we're going to have capture the flag and call it a day is going to cut it. They're going to have to do some things that are more interesting. Uh, and I think they can because, for example, I think back to Halo Reach. Halo Reach had like the semi-objective mode invasion, which was awesome. And I don't, did they bring that back for five? Because I don't think it wasn't four either. Invasion. Yeah. Well, deer and headlights. I just heard that one. Yeah, I am, I am <laughs> not. I am not so sure. Um, let me consult with the Halo wiki. Yeah. Well, I loved invasion in Halo in Halo Reach, uh, and but it didn't seem to set the world on fire at that particular point. Um, because that was like a fa- a, a multi phase match. So if they were to kind of beef that up, uh, and, and keep it going, and as far as loadouts to that earlier point, the re- as you said, the reason that people hated loadouts in four. By the way, they didn't have that at all in five. Uh, no, no, no loadouts in five. So, it was it- so they went straight back to. 
Yeah. Our weapons are in a certain location, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Uh, much to the relief of the of the player base, I would right. say. And so, and no, Halo Five did not have invasion. It had um, assault, which was Slayer. Uh, breakout, which um, was kind of like it might be. It might be like a like a like a really 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 acute version of what you're talking about. Breakout was like, um, I think it was like it, it was like rounds. No, nah, it was essentially Slayer too. It was it was like it was like it was like Slayer, but it was uh you know one one death per player per round, and it was like best of five. Um, Fiesta, which was just random weapons, Griff Ball, Team Slayer, uh, Strongholds, Capture the Flag, and Big Team Battle. Strongholds might be close. Uh, capture no, that that was just um, it, it was uh. It was like um, domination. It was it was uh, capture and defend three territories. Yeah, I forgot the details of how invasion worked, but I can look it up. Man. But but yeah, continue. Well, I was gonna say as far as the loadouts. Now, see, this is where uh, the the hardcore fan base rears its head, right? Mm-hmm. How how much change will be allowed? Because I mean, in my personal opinion, I'm, again, I'm not one of the diehards from back in the day. I didn't have a problem with the loadouts. Um, I kind of saw like some people because it was a big change, and people were like, "Oh, you're called duding up the franchise." I would say that it was it was more, um, it was either timed poorly, like people people didn't want it around the time of four, and right. it was also implemented poorly because it was essentially an, an aping of of uh, Call of Duty. Like it was it was kind of like a blatant aping of of Call of Duty, and I think people saw it for that and immediately just kind of said, you know, if, right if, we're, if yeah, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, we might as well play call of duty. And then, so they did <laughs> very much so. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say, but to the, to the point I was making with abilities, I wasn't even thinking about weapons necessarily. I did make the comparison to Splatoon because that's how it is in Splatoon, right? Mm-hmm. Your weapons come with two, uh, a sub weapon and an ability. Uh, you could have, for example, just ability shifts, right? Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you don't have again. The beauty of Halo is that you don't have to have all of these things for every mode. So if you're having uh, the kind of tightly designed objective-based mode we've been referring to, that is where you could have changeable abilities uh, based on the situation, which actually would kind of make it uh, play a little bit like Overwatch, but not really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It probably it would probably preserve what people like about it while being, again, they can find ways to make it kind of their own thing. Um, but you can have totally different things for every mode. You can have a mode of uh, Slayer with loadouts, Slayer without loadouts, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I know, of course, of course, the caveat being, if you have too many modes, the player base is uh, split too finely. But point being, they have a lot of flexibility to work with. Yeah, and you know something something that they used to do in Halo was uh and I think they did it all the way up through 5 was uh was rotate. They would have, you know, on, they would only be focused on like four at a time or something. There would be right. there would be the persistent ones, you know, your your war zones, uh Warzone Assault and and Warzone um Firefight and but the regular modes would be like, you know, they would have they would have uh team snipers right as like a specialty mode or whatever and then they would get rid of that and add like another thing and if they wanted to do you know and they could even split it up where it's like okay well you've got you know your your unranked versions and your ranked versions of these game types you could do your classic and your loadout versions right it would be like it would be it would be like playing smash with or without items you could just you know have and you could be ranked in either or you could be you could choose to rank up in one or get, you know, you have like your one rank in, uh, the, the loadout version of Slayer and you're ranked this and, the, and keep everything separate. Um, is that gonna, you know, I, I think, at, I think at this point, um, splitting up the fan base is less of an issue than giving kind of everybody what they want. And, and I don't think that this is like, you know, some, uh, race to the middle kind of cop out. 
uh, I think that this is really like we're really we're, we're in a we're in an age where people want lots of variety in their games and they want a lot of stuff. And, you know, if there's anything that Halo 6 is going to have, it's going to have a lot of stuff. It's going to have a single player campaign, which a lot of shooters don't have. Uh, right. It's going to have um, some type of PVE whether it's like a joint PvE, PvP that I had in 5, or, or true PvE, or, or something. Um, it'll have that. It'll have Forge mode. Um, and it'll have all the classic Halo stuff. Uh, I, I think you're right that it, you know, I don't think that there's going to be loadouts, um, simply because I think that at that point, if they're just going to do loadout version of, you know, all their stuff, that might just, they might just not have the manpower. Right. Um, and I think that if they're going to say, okay, well, if, if I think that if we can do all this stuff and make Halo into a thing uh, again without loadouts, then we're going to do it that way. Right. And I think that that's yeah. what they're going to go for. Yeah, I mean, the blatant ape of Call of Duty is not necessary at this point because Call of Duty is no longer controlling the conversation. Yeah. So if you're going to ape something, you ape Overwatch. But I would argue... Additionally, if you're going to ape something, ape it and then add your own flavor. And I don't think they really sufficiently did that with the loadouts in uh, Foreign Reach. Oh, they did not. I mean, they did have, I mean, Reach at least had a couple cool abilities like, you know, um, the hologram, the the big Zeke favorite. Yeah. uh, Which added some, which added some flavor, but. The bubble shield. Well, I mean, the bubble shield has been there for forever, but. Yeah. I would like to see them. It used go. to be a pickup, right? Yeah, it was a pickup, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I would like to see, like, for abilities, I'm thinking things much more robust, you know, ultimates, essentially. You know, things that can really turn the tide of a battle in an objective based. Uh, in an objective based uh, game type. I mean, hell, if they, I thought about this, and I didn't even want to suggest it, but I'm going to put it out there. But this would, this would be a blatant ape if they were to do it. And. It could go either way of people thinking it was really great or, you know, nah, guys, try again. If they were to try and do a straight-up mobile mode, uh, you know, we have things like Paragon, the mobile shooters or whatever, but if uh, 343 were to try and take a spin on something like that... Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's completely out of the picture. I, I think... I it's think, not. I think that Ultimate's... Are because I think what they were going for in five was essentially like um, what they used to do was they would not tell you what the spawn time was for power weapons and people would just have to know it. But in five, what they did was add like a 30 second countdown when it was about to spawn. They'd say, you know, 30 seconds till a sniper rifle comes up and there'd be a little marker and then people could fight for it. And that was like kind of like a fun mid-match thing to do. And once you had the sniper, you know, in the right hands, it essentially was an ultra, and or, or an ultimate. And I think that they're probably going to run with that. Um, they could, but again, now we have to think about the business concerns, right? Because mm-hmm. what you've described is that they tried to reestablish like the old core identity of Halo with with uh, some of what they did in Five, but. In raw numbers terms, that really doesn't matter anymore. Uh, because now we have to also think about this. Here's where our, our favorite topic, the gaming generation gap, rears its head yet again. Yeah. Uh, how many of the people who are cutting their teeth on Overwatch give a shit about Halo's legacy and status as, you know, an OG, right? Yeah, I mean, if there's anything that we've, that we've learned, really, is that nobody five years removed from a game gives a shit about its legacy. Exactly. Perfectly said. Yeah. So I don't think worrying about like the super, super hardcore fan base at this point would be foolhardy. Uh, You can make accommodation for everybody because there's going to be multiple modes and whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if they want people to play the game, they have to, there's going to have to be some kind of radical you know, change of some sort. Uh, and as far as like ultimates, another way they could approach that is actually similar to what you just said, which is how the Star Wars Battlefront game did it, where ultimate moves were pickups on the map. Right. Yeah, I mean that's and that's kind of what I'm talking about. 
right. is, is rather than everybody chooses, because that was one of the things that I hated so much that I hated so much about the first Titanfall was that everybody had their thing. And it was kind of like this timed thing that you would eventually get. And it was just so clunky and stupid and everybody was just running around. Everybody ended up just running around in their things at the same goddamn time. And if anybody had theirs when nobody else had theirs, then everybody was just focusing on the one thing and it was dumb. But I'm saying like, if you can do it where it's like a singular thing that refocuses what people are doing, like a pickup on the map, then I think it makes more sense. That's one way to approach it. I mean, when in my thinking about it, I was thinking that having ultimate moves, not, maybe not for, let's say, Team Slayer, because, like, why? Because, for example, Splatoon, you have all those crazy moves, and they're very handy because they help turn the tide of you trying to achieve an objective. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have crazy ultimate moves, there has to be an associated objective mode that goes with them. Yes. Or, or, like you said... Uh, have them be a power pickup on the map. If it's if it's just Team Slayer, then yeah, that I would just do like you could have it as a pickup. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's bring up uh, let's bring up one more thing, sure. right before uh, before we sign off. And and I, I I it might be a moot point at this point, but I kind of want to talk esports. Sure. Right. Halo is very much in the esports arena. I think that it has the. I think that it kind of hasn't been, but it has the potential to be, and. Well, hasn't been as it hasn't been in the conversation. I'm saying that. Esports now looks so different than what it did back in Halo Two, Halo Three. The right? MLG days. The MLG days, right? And when you know when you thought MLG, you thought Halo, but MLG isn't really like. A thing anymore. It's it's part of it's part of larger circuits, and right. I think that I think that Microsoft could and should uh, commission their own league in the same way that Psionics commissions the RLCS, which is I think one of the most fun um, you know open format championship series out there in the esports realm. And I don't know if the playership is going to be there to do, like, big, like, Overwatch-style franchising, but I think that, you know, when you're talking about League and you're talking about Dota and you're talking about, uh, you know, CSGO, you're seeing, like, you know, uh, publisher-sanctioned leagues in, uh, you know, season format or at least, like, um, you know, kind of like 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 a traveling tournament format. And they could they could have MLG be be a big part of it to keep the you know to keep the the legacy right. But yep. I think that this is something that they need to do. I mean, yeah, I can, I think that's a safe bet. That's probably one of the safer bets with Halo Six that there will be such a thing. Yeah, uh, and I agree. It's pro- it's almost assuredly not going to be in the Overwatch League of franchising. It'll probably be much smaller and scrappier like it is now. Mm-hmm. But I can I can imagine I don't know if the the current uh, Halo championships are spawn are like directly done by Microsoft. Um, they may very well be, uh, but if not, then I would either way I would imagine there will be a push from Microsoft itself to um, have Halo be a bigger esports presence with the release of Six. Yeah, the point is that the, uh, the presence needs to be bigger, and for that to happen, uh, Microsoft or 343 needs to like directly commission it yeah for real and that's how any uh eastward scene where it's salt kind of gets its uh gets to like big time Mm -hmm. yeah for sure Uh, outside of the smash community of course yeah which is just like uh (laughs) it's just kind of like a circus this point (laughs) Pretty much, it's kind of like a circus, and I mean that in the most endearing way possible. Yeah, it, it's exactly it's it's the it's the most interesting circus in esports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so was there anything else you wanted to wanted to bring up? Anything else you think Halo Six could do uh, to uh, re-legitimize itself as a as a shooter in in twenty whatever? 
likely A team, but I mean, I think we've hit most of the major points. Uh, yeah. There's just got to be some recognition. There's got to be recognition of what people like about these newer games and uh, some attempt to rethink what it is that Halo will be doing for people. Because now, I guess what we can leave it with is this thought that before Halo was essentially the only dog in the room uh, when it came to multiplayer shooters, like you think about Xbox Live one day, that was it. Mm-hmm. Right, and even 360 up until Call of Duty ran roughshod over the entire gaming industry. Uh, that was it, right? Mm-hmm. But now, not only is it not the only dog in the room, now it's to the point where it now has to say, "Here's why you shouldn't kick me out." You know, we've got all these fancy new dogs now. Here's where you shouldn't kill, kick out. You know, old Yeller. So. That that's really the conversation I hope is being had within three forty three right now. Like we now have to justify our existence. How do we do that? I agree. I I agree. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, if uh, if you guys have some uh, Halo opinions, uh, why don't you send them to us? You can do so on Twitter. I would love uh, to get uh, Twitter hate tweets. Uh, about about Halo, that'd be great. You could do that at uh, at Frog Snacks um, while you're on your phone. Check us out on Instagram as well at Frog Snacks Podcast. Obviously, we've got a website, frogsnacks.net. It's got all of our episodes and all of our written content there. And we are on Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Rate, review, and subscribe. And that's all for today. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace out.